0: Hello and welcome to Sensei Podcast. This is Manos Brilakis discussing with leaders in the field of CTO and Complex PCI. Sensei means teacher or master in Japanese. The goal of the Sensei Podcast is to help you learn and improve in CTO and Complex PCI so that you can become the best that you can be and offer your patients the best possible results. Hello everyone and welcome to Sensei Podcast. It is my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Gabriele Gasparini from Humanitas Hospital in Milan, Italy. Dr. Gasparini has really spearheaded the field. He has um, done several cases, organized many meetings such as the TOBI and the CTO Live8. He has written several books and he has been one of the thought leaders and the best operators on this field. So Gabriele, thanks so much again for joining uh, us today on the Sensei Podcast.
1: Hi, Manos, and thank you for inviting me to join this uh, really interesting and exciting Sensei podcast. It's a great pleasure for me to be here.
0: Thank you. We're excited you are uh, joining us today. And maybe as I do with everyone, I want to ask, how was your journey about CTO PCI and Complex PCI? Did you always want to do this? Did you get inspiration later on? How did this happen for you?
1: Oh, well, uh, it was uh, several years ago. Uh, I was a very young interventional cardiologist. I was 33, more or less. And at the time, I was really interested and also involved in treatment of bifurcation lesion. And uh, at the time, the chief of my cat lab uh, was used to to held uh, um, a couple of uh, meetings uh, per year focused on complex PCI. It was... uh, 2807 and uh, she started to invite uh, this, uh, at least for me, unknown Japanese operator called Masaiko Chai, and uh, to perform CTO PCI during our internal workshop. And nobody in my cat lab wanted to work with him because uh, you know he was uh, a man of few words. So uh, they felt uncomfortable uh, working close to him. So, of course, I was the youngest in the CAT lab. So each time I had to scrub to work as a second operator during uh, its, uh, his uh, procedure. And uh, I remember that at the beginning of our collaboration, I-, I was really shy, but the only word it was used to say me were, don't touch my wire. <laughs> so my initial feeling was... <laughs> Okay, I was quite worried about this uh, new field, but uh, uh, over time I became interested and I started to interact with him, so this was my first step in the CTO journey.
0: And then, did you learn by doing more and more yourself? Uh, I know that you have you come from a rich tradition. You know the Italian school has been one of the pioneers in getting the CTO techniques. Uh, did you do more cases? How did, after the initial exposure to Dr. Ochai, how did you evolve over time?
1: Yes, of course. As I say, I learned a lot thanks to the opportunity <clears throat> to work and to interact uh, with Mazaico Ochai. Then, of course, uh, Freddie Galassi was uh, another of my Mentor, because uh, you know, he was the first uh, Italian interventional cardiologist that started to uh, to teach uh, how to perform CTO PCI, exporting the philosophy and the technique from Japan in Italy and uh, all around the the, uh, the, uh, the Europe as well. And at the time, I mean, 2007, 2008 there was no algorithm and no proctorship uh, uh, so the only way that i had to learn was just during this uh, uh, internal workshop that was just a couple of days per year so uh, we have uh, i had the opportunity to follow some dedicated cto meeting but in europe at the time we had just the euro cto meeting and the cto summit in turin so uh, i remember that at the beginning of my journey in the CTO-PCI field, I was attending the Touring CTO Summit and I was watching uh, um, a, li- a live cases that uh, was performed by one of these monster Japanese operator. And I was really impressed because uh, he was uh, crossing a very tortuous and thin uh, uh, epicardial collateral channel. And uh, my, my thought was, I've n- I will never be able to do this. <laughs> but uh, okay, um, then during the, um, the social dinner, uh, there were several master operators and I was asking question, but uh, I was using uh, pronoun you and you guys rather than uh, collective we. So Freddy Galassi interrupted me during the discussion. And he said, why are you using you and you guys? You are a part of the community. So uh, you have chosen to to walk the path and uh, stop feeling uh, like an outsider. So self-identify as a city operator was uh, uh, my second step in this uh, uh, very exciting journey.
0: And then um, in terms of your learning curve, you've come a long way, learned many techniques, done a lot of live cases. How do you prepare for your interventions right now? Do you do things different than you did before? How do you plan for your cases, especially the complex ones that you do?
1: Yes, of course, uh, currently uh, my uh, job at the workstation is uh, uh, a little bit different from the, the beginning, but uh, I more or less do the, the same thing. I mean, I, I spend um, time... Uh, reviewing the angiography, uh, the basal angiography, in order to to make my procedural plan, because um, spending time is uh, one of the most uh, uh, important uh, step pre-procedural step that can allow to have uh, uh, um, easier and faster procedure. But I realized that uh, this is one of the most uh, difficult key point uh, to teach interventional cardiologists that are interested in uh, learning uh, CTO-PCI. Because I realized over time that sometimes they believe that the procedure starts directly in the CAT lab with the dual injection but CTO-PCI start uh, with uh, procedural planning uh, at the workstation. This is why uh, a good uh, diagnostic coronary angiography is so important. But as you know, Manos, uh, this is, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things to, to teach.
0: Perfect. Now, do you get nervous when you do the cases, especially the complex ones or the live cases? How do you feel when you do these cases?
1: Oh, this is a good question. Uh, I think that uh, uh, currently I'm not uh, nervous before or during CTO-PCI because uh, they are uh, a part of my routine practice and I enjoy them a lot. Then I'm not anxious uh, or nervous before and during CTO-PCI, I'm really focused on. But of course, sometimes uh, if you have to perform uh, live cases before the procedure, you can, you can feel uh, some stress. But once the procedure starts, uh, I, I completely uh, focus on the procedure um, without uh, feeling any uh, stress. But I have to tell you a funny story, Manus, Uh, because uh, several years ago, at the beginning of my journey, uh, the idea of doing a CTO-PCI made me very stressed. And uh, the night before the procedure, I had troubles uh, falling asleep. Then I got up early in the morning and uh, I was used to, to wear striped socks. Uh, this is why during my first successful attempt of a CTO-PCI I was wearing a, a striped sock accidentally. I mean, so I'm not really superstitious, but it was uh, like a, a, a ritual for uh, good luck. So then when I was in the cat lab, the, the nurses uh, were used to, to kid me. They were always kidding me. asking asking me, are you are you wearing striped socks today? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, of course, because we're going to have a CTO PCI. But currently, I don't care about my socks before <laughs> CTO PCI.
0: No, this is phenomenal. As you said, the the focus is a key part of this. Uh, how do you focus? Yeah. Do you play music in the cath lab when you do this? Uh, how do you keep your attention? Because there can be long cases. What? How, how do you do that? Yeah,
1: honestly, I would like to, to have the opportunity to listen music during the procedure, but my nurse staff uh, um, doesn't allow me to, to listen to music du- uh, during the procedure. But uh, uh, during last uh, five or six years, more or less, I'm, I always have uh, someone, some fellow, some student or some referring physician in the cat lab so discussing with him or teaching uh, how to to do or which kind of uh, guide wires uh, he or she uh, has to um, to select uh, it's uh, it's a sort of way for me to to keep calm and to stay centered on the procedure and on the patient and uh, in my opinion also the uh, the help um, that arise from my uh, nurse staff, it's uh, it's uh, of paramount importance because I can feel calm when I have the opportunity to work with them. It's just a little bit different when I work outside my hospital in a different uh, uh, hospital for proctorship because over time I realized to, to keep calm uh, even in front of, uh, uh, the most catastrophic complication and my staff know know me and know this kind of approaching complication remaining calm but they understand completely the um, um the situation sometimes when i'm working outside this could be a problem because i keep calm and the staff especially the nurse doesn't really um, Be able to understand that something wrong has happened.
0: Perfect. And speaking of that, complications and difficult cases will always happen. How do you deal with them? How do you deal with the complications and do you get depressed? How do you handle it?
1: Well, I have chosen, all of us have chosen to learn a new technique that uh, has place. in very difficult uh, situation. Uh, we have, I have chosen to, to help patient with stable, chronic, but often progressive symptoms. So we, we assessed that the patient risk warrant a high risk procedure to minimize symptoms and to improve their quality of life. So my goal is to help, but uh, at times I, I arm, of course. And uh, so the question is, what is my uh, risk tolerance to fail? How many times will I allow myself to fail and still get back up and move on this journey? This is the key point, your uh, risk tolerance to fail. So when this complication or with this failure or this uh, when you fail causing harm, you may have the feeling that you are inadequate or that you are not good enough and your thinking may lead to you that uh, maybe uh, you should stop this journey. So what, I, what I've what i learned from my complication is that I have to stay centered and uh, because these feelings are quite predictable, I, I would be surprised is uh, um this wouldn't happen to me along the way. So the most important things that I've learned from my failure is to stay centered because emotions are not good or bad, they just are. And they can teach you a lesson. So your complication and your failure, each of them can teach you a lesson. So you you can feel the joy uh, of uh, success, but uh, you should also know that uh, failure is just around the corner. So you have to hold both and uh, you don't have to overvalue or undervalue either. And you should stay careful not to let that a failure or uh, a success can overdefine you as a uh, person or as a operator.
0: Perfect. And do you have any stories that left your mind, any patient, good or bad cases, where that really taught you a lot?
1: Yeah, uh, okay. So, um, I, in my opinion, I think that uh, I don't uh, have a specific best case ever because, as I said, uh, I, I think that my best case ever are all of my failures because um, thanks to my failure, I I understood uh, how I react to the failure, of course. And so over time, I became able to accommodate both failing and succeeding. And uh, I have developed strategies to fail safe. And uh, um, I've learned to recognize maneuver that uh, I was about to do that would have could have uh, mm, uh, resulted in a catastrophic complication. So I've learned and I'm still learning from my failure, but uh, this uh, of course took time. Regarding the the worst case, yeah, I have a worst case, unfortunately, but uh, even in this case, uh, it uh, teach me a lot because uh, it was several years ago, I was proctoring in a different hospital and uh, it was a retrograde RCA, RCA, CTO, PCI. Everything went easy, septal crossing, reverse cart in the mid RCA, externalization, and the stenting. And the final resu- results were pretty good. The artery was completely reopened. We just lose a uh, quite big uh, uh, right ventricular branch. But the patient was stable with moderate chest pain The EKG was normal, so the patient was sent in the ward. I took the flight. But unfortunately, during the night, the patient died because uh, he developed a right ventricular myocardial infarction with progressive hypotension uh, that was not responsive to the inotropes. So maybe the only way to save this patient would have been ECMO, but unfortunately, in that hospital, they weren't equipped with it. So since then, I've learned to try not to lose uh, any right ventricular branch uh, whenever possible.
0: Yeah, great learning point. And I think all of us have had similar cases. Actually, personally, i had a case of VFRS. After the case, is a very similar case to what you described. Yeah. Now, when it comes to training, um, Gabriele, I know you've trained many people, you proctor many people, but how do you... Uh, structure the training and what do you think is the most important aspects for someone who wants to train? Is it the talent? Is it the enthusiasm? Is it the ma- manual skills? What makes you most excited for a new operator?
1: Yeah, maybe it's a combination of the characteristic that you, you point out. Uh, first of all, I think that the most important uh, Part that excited much in a student is talent, talent, and then curiosity. But uh, not only talent, but also her, her, or his attitude, attitude to um, um, to learn both uh, new cognitive and technical skills. Uh, his or her attitude to work hard, to have zest um, for knowledge. Uh, to be open uh, to to new ways of doing things and to stay and to remain committed. Because once I realize that a student has her or his proper attitude to walk the path, and my feeling is that uh, he or she should become good at CTO, I strongly encourage him or her to um, keep going on the way. Um, so it's in my case it's just a question of feeling, if I have a good feeling I would be happy to spend time to teach him or her how to become good at CTO PCI, but of course it, it took time, so uh, they should not be in a hurry to learn.
0: Thanks, Gabrielle. And what are the things that you find most difficult to teach to the fellows? Is it the wire? Is it the guide? Is it the microcaster? <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a very good question. And I'm really, I mean, disappointed about some uh, feelings or experience that uh, I had uh, during the last five years, of course, uh, uh, especially during a proctorship. Because uh, mm, uh, I realized over time that uh, interventional cardiologists that who, uh, uh, who are, are interested in uh, learn how to perform CTO, PCI, sometimes they skip some pre-procedural step. I mean, in terms, in terms of knowledge of materials and knowledge of techniques because one cannot uh, um, learn uh, to do CTOPCI PCI just during proctorate session. I mean, there is also uh, uh, self work to be done between different sessions, and I mean studying, studying um, books, reading papers and uh, reviewing also Uh, the procedure that uh, have been done with the proctor and uh, going deep inside the different technical characteristic, for example, of each microcatheter or uh, different guide wires that have been used. And also I realized that, as I said before, it seems that they are in order to learn because they are waiting for me. They are waiting for starting the procedure directly in the cat lab or they are waiting for having all the information from the dual injection so they skip the procedural planning the pre-procedural planning but they should uh, understand that uh, this journey is not uh, a sprint is not an endurance race is not a race at all so I, i understood that it's quite natural to want to quicken the pace along the way But before doing that, uh, you should uh, have mastered your current step and ensure that you are moving on a stable ground before taking the next step. So my advice uh, for any fellows or uh, 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 interventional cardiologists that uh, are doing CTO-PCI with my support, is that they should try to resist quickening the pace for any reason.
0: Perfect. So, good preparation is key, as you mentioned, Gabriele, and that makes perfect sense. Now, you've taken to the next step. You're running several meetings, you're writing on Toby. Uh, Tell me, how does that complement and how teaching people through the meetings has been uh, something that you got the motivation and a lot of work it takes to get it to happen?
1: Yeah, uh, okay. Several years ago, when I was at the beginning, not really a beginning of my career, maybe in my career, or my journey, uh, maybe in the middle, I was attending a Euro CTO club uh, meeting in Paris with my colleague and friend, uh, Jacopo Orrelia. And we realized that uh, at that time, at that time, uh, this kind of meeting... Uh, Were well held uh, mm, just for, mm, not really for, uh, just for only skilled operator. But uh, there was a lack in terms of uh, um, information that the attendees could have uh, received from the the meeting. So uh, we decided to create, you know, the ABCTO course starting from the basic, as you did. So this is the most important thing, because if you want to become a, a city operator, you should take in consideration that one of the most important things to become a city operators is humility. So you should uh, consider that you have to learn a completely new technique, starting from the basics, starting from the materials. i tell you a story. I was always interested in... Um, in understanding uh, different technical characteristics of the device. And uh, when I started my journey, uh, my CTO journey, I um, realized how I um, deep knowledge of uh, different technical uh, features of uh, the device um, uh, was uh, really important for succeeding. So I started, to study and uh, to going deep inside the technologies. And uh, I was really surprised and disappointed because my thought was why at the beginning of my career as an interventional cardiologist, I mean, not like a CT operator, no one teach me how to select the right guide wires accordingly to the coronary anatomy or coronary lesion. So, but this is uh, not our job. I mean, we are physicians, so we we have always, we should always mm, to keep in mind who we are. But in the cat lab, we are also craftsmen. So we should know differences be- between all the device that we are going to use, like a carpenter, I mean. So and so my effort is to uh, to teach uh, my fellow or to teach uh, my colleague that I support to start from the knowledge of the guidewires and the microcatheter and then moving to understand the different techniques but if you don't know difference between guidewires maybe you you don't know uh, I right, uh, for example, reverse card or sliding technique uh, or ADR, wire-based. So you should start from the basic. And this is uh, my aim even during uh, our meeting. I always try to uh, find a format that could be interesting for a physician, but also um, uh, informative and useful for the young interventional cardiologists that want to learn something attending this meeting. And uh, regarding the live cases, I've learned how to perform CTO PCI just uh, uh, watching live cases. Because at the time I said there were no school, dedicated school. There, were not yet, there was not yet the concept of a CTO program supported by a proctor. But uh, I've learned a lot from live cases. But uh, the the only concern that I have had during the last few years is that uh, the fact that one should not lose sight of the aim of the live case. Namely, they should be informative. They should not be just for show. So sometimes too many live cases in the same session are often less. Useful for attendees, because switching continuously between different cases may lead that the attendees loses uh, several main steps, and reviewing the floor or save is not as educational as viewing them in real time. This is in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely, and again, I think you did a phenomenal work on that respect on the on Toby and the other meetings as well. Now, you've also done a lot of research and published on new techniques, uh, equipment, entrapment, use of the radial axis. So you've used the, you're kind of taking the full 360 degrees and teaching people also finding the new areas to improve the procedure. How did that happen and how has that helped you to become a great operator?
1: Okay. Yeah. First of all, uh, I'll. uh um i mean the, the team and they they provide me a uh, great support but this is not uh, uh up to me i was really lucky uh, over time to have had this opportunity to have a phenomenal team that supported me in doing uh, uh, such kind of things. I mean, because, of course, if you are involved in very complex procedure, you spend time in the CAT lab, then uh, maybe you have to go outside for proctorship or for a meeting and blah, blah, blah. So uh, having a a team that can support you, it's a great, um, um, I mean, it's a great team to let you to, to go on also with the research publishing article because you can involve some of your fellows, some of your students or uh, some of mm, uh, your mm, residents. Uh, I try always to stimulate, not just to ask. I ask for help, but then I'm going to teach in the CAT lab. So this is uh, the right combination to work as a team and, and then you can have, have the opportunity also to work in the cat to attend the meeting and to write papers and uh, research.
0: Now, what uh, keeps you in good shape? You know, a lot of things, demands, hard procedures, all the research education. How do you keep in shape? Do you exercise? How do you keep your mind fresh and uh, motivated?
1: You mean in uh, <laughs> free time. I guess. So <laughs> uh, this is very difficult. No, okay. Honestly, I love uh, um, extreme activities and uh, adrenergic uh, activities uh, because maybe I love or I need adrenaline. So when I have time, I love to go for climbing in the mountains or uh, free riding as well. This uh, helped me a lot. To release the stress. But of course, uh, uh, I live in Milan, so it's a big city, so it's not really possible for me uh, to go for climbing or for free riding in the mountain uh, whenever I want. But I also like running. So I think that uh, early in the morning or late in the afternoon, uh, after a very long and uh, busy and hard day in the CAT lab, uh, Go for running. It's uh, helpful for me uh, for stressing, stress uh, releasing. Uh, we, you know, we are always overpressurized or overcommitted. Um, so uh, you should find some time uh, uh, to have rest or to or to release stress. I, I remember that um, Billy, Billy Jean King says that uh, pressure—it's a privilege. I don't know. I don't know really if uh, I can. I do agree with her, but uh, uh, I'm sure that we are overpressurized. So we need some uh, activities uh, to to release the stress and the pressure.
0: Perfect. And then, um, then Gabriela, do you have a favorite book or a favorite movie?
1: Yeah, my favorite book, non-medical book, uh, is uh, uh, Into the Wild by John Krakauer. And I really love this uh, young guys that uh, maybe because I invite this uh, young guy that was able to run away from the society So I think that I really love these kind of books because I invite uh, 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 (laughs) this young man. And regarding medical book, this is a tribute to to your job. My favorite medical book is Manual of Chronic Total Occlusion by Manus (laughs) Brilakis. Well,
0: that's the one you took a big part of, so thank you for that.
1: (laughs) Then my favorite movie, definitely Kill Bill. He'll be, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, movies from Quentin Tarantino. Then I love uh, uh, Uma Thurman in that movie. And the soundtrack is great.
0: Perfect. And then, Gabriele, what are you most proud of? Of the many things we have done so far, what are you most uh, proud of, personally and professionally?
1: Okay. Professionally... I'm proud of having the opportunity to help uh, my patient. And uh, if I can say also, I'm really proud of being a self-made man. I mean, uh, at the beginning of this uh, funny interview, I say that when I started my journey in CTO PCI field, uh, there were no um algorithm, no proctorship. So I, 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 I didn't have the opportunity to have a proctor. So I had to study a lot to work hard. Uh, and then over time, I became able to do um, CTO PCI. And if you remember, I said that uh, when I was uh, watching this Japanese operator crossing uh, this tortoise epicardial channel, my thought was I'd never be able to do this. But thanks to the hard uh, job that I did, I was able. So I'm really proud of being a self-made man. And then of course, uh, in my personal life, I'm really proud of my family because they have supported me a lot during this, uh, during the last 15 years, since from the beginning, of course, especially my wife, because this journey took time. And so you have to, to balance between uh, your job and your family. So having the support uh, provided by your wife and by your family, is really helpful if you want to stay committed. And then I'm proud, of course, of my kids. Uh, my daughter is mastering horse riding, and I'm really proud of her. And uh, my, my son is... Uh, it's a phenomenal uh, football uh, player, so I can really um, be proud of them.
0: Wonderful. Congrats, uh, congrats Gabriel! again. Great uh, great achievements so far. But what excites you at this point? So you've done so many things, but what is the present and the future for you?
1: Wow. <laughs> Very difficult present. <laughs> I have been walking this path mm, during last fifteen years, and during last five years, I've been overcommitted. So I don't know how long I will walk the path, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how long I will. So I don't have an answer uh, to this question. <laughs> but when uh, uh, when uh, I will quit? I definitely would spend time with my family especially with my wife.
0: Perfect. So, Gabriel again, congratulations on many things we have done. If you were to give a few pieces of advice for the new operators, the ones who are trying to start their journey or are in different levels of their journey, what do you think are the most important things for them to do to become expert and great operators?
1: Humility of course then uh, they should be patient with their self because as I say this journey is not a race, and uh, they also should uh, learn from the failure and they should uh, also um, uh, learn over time uh, how uh, um, how they 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 can be able to uh, accommodate failure. But uh, starting from the basic is the first key uh, for uh, uh, become good at CTO PCI.
0: Wonderful. Well, again, Gabriele, thank you again so much. Congratulations. And very excited to keep working on you and learning from you.
1: Oh, thanks, Manos. It has been a great pleasure to spend this uh, 40 minutes with you. And congrats for this new, exciting, and very interesting and funny initiative. Congrats. Thank you very much, Manos.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Gabriela. Thank you for listening to The Podcast.